0: to a resource from Jamboree Anglican Church. All right, so here are the real questions that you've asked. Uh, one from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if you weren't here, you may not know what the question's about. That's okay. I'll give it a quick answer. In Galatians three twenty four, says that the law was our guardian until Christ came. What did it guard us from? Well, the word guardian here, that in the translation we've got, is kind of like how when you have a, a a note for you when you're at school and you need your parents or guardian to sign it to say that you're allowed to go to the excursion or whatever. Uh, the guardian is the protector; it's the one who has the responsibility to care. It's a kind of a a, a picture way of understanding that that we're, we're kept kept put, kept, so we don't run away until the time that Jesus comes. That's what the Old Testament people did. The law sort of kept the boundaries there so that when the the time came that Jesus turned up and he himself kept the law himself so that he would give his innocence to us and he would take his guilt upon himself, when that all happened, this was the new era. So the law in this sense in Galatians 3 sort of keeps us put guardian until the time when jesus comes and we can now as that verse actually says be made right with god through faith next question why are there only 10 commandments Maybe for the same reasons I've got 10 fingers, it's just the way that it's made. Uh, You could probably think that there would be many more commandments you could add in, or maybe you don't need quite so many. It's funny, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, well, I'm going to answer that with two. He said, love God perfectly and love each other perfectly. And he said, "On these laws hang, well, on these two commands hang all the law and the prophets." So that's basically the bottom line, and uh, they summarise everything. The next question is: Is there an order to the Ten Commandments? Well, yeah, kind of. Like, if you see the first four, they seem to be talking especially about how we devoted to God, love God, number one, and then the second half, from you know four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, no, no, five, six, yeah, the last six. Uh, they are the ones that basically talk about how it is that we can love each other. Like don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't do that sort of stuff. And uh, that's sort of the order to them. I, you might come up with a theory as to why number eight comes after number seven and all that if you wanted to. I'm sure that people have written whole books on that. But basically that's the, the thing. It reminds me of what my um, my lovely nana, who's gone to glory, once told me about how to have joy in life. She said to me, joy is found this way. J- Jesus first... Others second, and yourself last. And I still remember that. Anyone heard that before? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a granny kind of thing. Your granny is to keep telling your, your grandkids. It's awesome. Jesus first, others second, your, yourself last. And it's kind of like the first four commandments is the J bit. The last six commandments are the O bit. And the Y bit is, well, don't worry about yourself. Others will worry about you kind of thing. <laughs> uh, the last question this is an interesting one. How should Christians keep the Sabbath day holy? Uh, you'll notice that I did a lovely little duck and weave last week as I was preaching this one and said, yeah, the Sabbath, away we go. What? what the, the bottom line is this. In the Old Testament, before Jesus came, they were super strict about the Sabbath. And if you want to see what super strict about the Sabbath looks like, go over to Jerusalem. I, I, Mandy and I did that two years ago, and they are super, super strict. So they need to be sitting down at the table eating by the time the sun goes down on Friday. And they can't really do anything remotely like work until the sun goes down on Saturday, which means basically everyone knocks off at lunchtime on Friday. You can't get a train after about 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Jerusalem and stuff like that. And they take Sabbath really, really seriously. Even even so, the the hotel we were staying in, they had a special lift for Orthodox Jews called the Sabbath lift, and when they turned it on, every floor went. Floor 1, floor 2, floor 3, floor 4. So you didn't work by pressing buttons on the lift. <laughs> we are freed up from that by Jesus. And so when Jesus came along, we actually saw that some of the disciples grabbed a bit of grain as they're walking along, had a bit of a snack, and, and Jesus often healed on the Sabbath and got into all sorts of trouble. Uh, no, not, not, he should have gotten in trouble because he's the son of God. So, but they were grumpy at him for doing work on the Sabbath. And the way that he acted towards the Sabbath, I think, helps us understand as Christians in the Jesus age about how we should relate to the Sabbath. And that is that the Sabbath is there to serve us, not for us to serve the Sabbath. It's not like this legalistic rod that's there. In fact, there's a Bible verse in Colossians chapter 2 that says, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. There's a freedom now that comes for Christians about the Sabbath. So... Does that mean that we can now work 24-7? I don't think so. I, I think there's something in the Sabbath that is a beauty, and I tried to talk about this last week. It's a beautiful thing to know that we are not slaves. You see, slaves can't have a day off. But when they were set free from slavery out of Egypt in the book of Exodus, they then were given the Ten Commandments, and one of them was, I'm the God, I got you out of slavery. So have a day off, enjoy it. And it's a day when we can reflect on who God is and recognize that we are not God, that the world's actually not gonna collapse when Jodie McNeil goes to sleep. It's like gonna be there when I wake up, it's okay. And I can take a day off and it's not gonna go pear-shaped. And I think we've lost that beautiful thing of the whole nation coming together for a day off together so that we can know that no one's working in shops and all that kind of stuff except essential workers and things, but that's gone. So what do you do? Enjoy it, give praise to God. Make space to come to church because it's such a joyful thing to do, to celebrate together and celebrate, above all, God's gift of grace and peace to us. Thank you for listening to this resource from Jamboree Anglican Church. For more information, head to jamboreeanglican.com.